everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this is episode 73. Overall, it is uh, season two, episode 23. Uh, for those of you keeping track at home, I'm sure I've gotten that wrong at some point over the course of the season. So it's I like to when Craig nods at me from across the room when I read that part. So, um, wow. What a week we had, huh? Since we last joined you, so much has happened um let's start with before we even get to the beer let's start with the one solemn note um just to, to recognize the passing of uh president george hw bush yep. um services were today uh we won't get into a whole political thing about that but we could because supposedly a icy wind blew through the air <laughs> similar to when maleficent arrives at the beginning of sleeping beauty to curse their child when the sitting president arrived at the uh the services but uh just, a, you know, I think everything, yeah. we're a sports podcast, but I think every outlet has taken a moment just to say, you know, best wishes. Yeah. Um, he was my commemoration speaker when I graduated from UConn. Yeah, he was from Connecticut. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, the, he gave a very, very good speech. He was, he, he was a little self-denigrating. He did an impression of Dana Carvey doing an impression of him. Wow, that's... Which was epic. That, like, bends space and time, doesn't yeah, it? It did, it did. <laughs> Um, but uh, the one thing I will always remember about that is that they excused him after his speech. The provost asked us to all excuse him because he had another speaking engagement in that afternoon for another commencement at a little school called Duke. If you know anything about UConn and you know anything about UConn in the nineties, you know, Duke was (laughs) not a friend of ours and the entire place booed (laughs) and he laughed And after the booing kind of died down, the provost said he's laughing because I warned him if we told you folks that he was going to Duke, you would be upset. And he still (laughs) insisted that you know why he wasn't staying for the entire ceremony. So um, Uh, I don't know if you have any any crazy memories you want to share of our former president. uh, No. Well, I mean, it's kind of weird. You know, I just always remember the Simpsons episode they based on him. So that was epic. (laughs) That was epic. If Homer Simpson was not it at the funeral today, either in person (laughs) And I know he's not real, um, but in spirit, at the very least, that episode where he moves in across the street and basically becomes um, like uh, Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace. He becomes George Wilson to uh, uh, Bart's Dennis the Menace was absolutely one of my favorite episodes, all even to the point where before we knew as a general public who Jeb and George W. were <laughs> they when Homer created cutouts and then rang the doorbell and went, let us in, Dad. It's your sons, Jeb Bush and Governor George W. Bush. Like that was going to fool anybody. And they were like cartoonish. It was hysterical. And and and, and the, the George H.W. Bush reaction was, the boys are here. They're going to help me get even with those Simpson guys. It was it was very oh, very and, and and you know again don't want to get into a whole political thing but given our current political climate he goes back to an age and a day when you know there was a lot more civility um, in our political system so Godspeed President Bush thank you for your service um, and let's get on to like like I said too much news I spent two minutes talking about our, our former president we could spend an entire yeah. podcast talking about these things you just what is this beer. Uh, well, oh, you, I have, have the can. you have the can. You put it over uh, near me. Yes, I got it for you because, you know, you, you're very big on getting on trains this season. Yes, I am the conductor uh, of the Joe Mixon train. You are. Which has, been, which has had some interesting uh, stops <laughs> for maintenance. It we'll has. Say. It has. Um, I, I, I stand by my prediction that Mixon's are a, a, top, uh, a top running back. But this, this beer is called All Aboard, and it's brewed by Connecticut Valley Brewing up in South Windsor. Um this is one of those places I don't think we've been yet. No. It's a New England IPA. Let's see. Oh, my God. The description on this is is a mile. Uh, it's about trains. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of tracks. Wow. There is, uh, so they want to pay homage to those that are preserving our state's history. And Okay. We're just going to move no forward. No flavor profile listed there? No, no. That's what I was looking at the can. It's uh, okay. 6.5%, which is kind of low for an, an wow, IPA. the nose... Wow, that's all fruit juice. Is it? It's very that's juicy. All I get. Yep. Let's, Let's see. see. That's what we got here. Go for it, Craig. Oh yeah, the nose is very almost. I want to say grapefruity. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Craig looks like you can see the future. Wow, that is very hoppy on the back end. It's almost like it smacks you. All right. Your nose is expecting juice, and it's like smack. 
hops. That's what I get anyway. You remember last week we tried a beer, uh, one of the River Sticks beers, and I said to it, it was like, if it, if it could talk, it would be like, hops, hops, hops. <laughs> this one just slaps you in the face and goes, I'm hoppy, mother. And <laughs> pretty much. But it's good. I mean, it's, it's good. not like it's not like overly hoppy. It's not like like Six but, wouldn't like this because it's hoppy. But if you like at least a little bit of hops, and the hops trail and then off it just nicely. goes away. Yes, it trails off nicely. But you're gonna get you're gonna get the taste up front of just this is a, this is an IPA. You're gonna get the aftertaste of hops, and then it just drifts. It doesn't like no s- doesn't juicy linger. is way after. Yes, the juicy comes very last. And it's not like super juicy. It's just no, I like the ones we have been trying. Yeah. Which are really good. But You know, a quick side story. Last sure. week we had um, that beer by uh, River Six, Typhon. Yes. Do you know the next day on Jeopardy, Typhon was in a Jeopardy clue? Really? Yes. Wow. What are the odds? <laughs> I, I, I could not tell you. I was I was supposed to be a curling. I wasn't feeling well, so I took the week off, and I'm sitting on the couch, and it comes on. It was like, Typhon... Lore is a monster from this mythology. I'm like, well, River Styx is Greek, so I'm going to say it's the Greek pantheon, and no one on Jeopardy knew who the hell Typhon was. Wow. But I looked up, I looked up my Greek, and my wife was like, Greek? And, and, you know, what is Greece? Greece mythology. There you go. And I was like, yeah, that's just the beer Craig and I drank last night, so. (laughs) All right. See, that beer teaches you things. We are not going to do burning hot take questions this week, because there is just too freaking much news. A lot of news. And Craig has fashioned for himself a I baseball did. cap made out of tinfoil. Yes. Because he has <laughs> conspiracy theories across the board on everything. <laughs> Let's start with the big one. All right. And this is the one I'm sure those who listen to us pretty regularly are waiting to hear from me on because it's it's my team. Kareem Hunt was released by the Kansas City Chiefs um, last, last Friday. Last week? Yep, Friday. On Friday. Uh, because of the existence of a tape that shows the physical nature of an altercation that happened back in February, uh, the chief statement clearly indicated that they believe that Kareem had misrepresented the situation to them. Uh, and that obviously that was a pretty blunt statement. They it was. <laughs> they were it like, was. yeah, he lied. Goodbye. They, they didn't use the word lie, <laughs> no, but I think but... <laughs> they used misrepresented. But it was clear they felt like they had not been told the truth. And now they were going to react. So the Kansas City Chiefs cut Kareem Hunt. Since then, more video of another altercation outside of a bar, which, by the way, was so not an altercation. It's him being restricted, restrained by a bouncer. Wait, and him talking just, about the one in January, not the hotel. Yes, the one that TMZ released like afterwards. TMZ was like, we have more video of Kareem Hunt being a total jerk. And it was a bouncer escorting him out and him trying to push past the bouncer to get back in. And when the bouncer says, hey, you're not going to do it, he, he backs off. He backs off. It would be no different than if we were escorted not so gently from any bar we've ever seen. I've seen a lot of people go out of bars a lot rougher than that. So I was like, that's a nothing burger. Right. That, that video doesn't tell. That, but the first video was problem. This was a nothing burger. Since then, Kareem Hunt has sat down with ESPN, in which he initially claimed to have received counseling. But when asked if he had actually been to a counseling session yet, said, no, it's something we're still looking at. Um, and cleared mm-hmm. waivers. No team in the NFL was willing to be that team that took him off of waivers, even though the Redskins just a week before had claimed that guy from the 49ers with multiple DVs, no one would touch Kareem Hunt. Craig. Yeah. How did we get to this? What has happened here? Give us give us the reality of it and then put on your tinfoil hat because I know you have both. I know you have thoughts about both. I do have both. Um, let's see. Well, the reality is clearly the NFL did not do a spectacular job investigating because the NFL and the chiefs knew about this incident in February. And as far this as isn't the, like a, this wasn't a secret. No. Like, and that's the thing. The chiefs and Kareem talked about it in February. They talked about it a, a day or two after the incident, the chiefs did what they were supposed to do. They reported it to the NFL for consideration yep. of the commissioner's office. That's where, as far as the chiefs are concerned, they that's did their where, job. that's where their liability ends. And this is and, and and this is as a side. Remember when Joe Paterno and all the stuff that happened over at Penn State, and yeah. Joe Paterno was like, "I emailed my superiors and they did nothing." And the next thing you know, the, the president of the university was getting fired, and all these other people. And Paterno obviously got fired for it too because he didn't do anything to protect his players. But to me, it's the same sort of thing. 
My responsibility is to report it to the folks in charge. If the Kansas City Chiefs called the NFL and said, this happened, it's going to be a problem or you something you want to look at, and the NFL didn't get back to them or didn't do anything about it, that does not weigh on the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the thing that always bothered me about the, the Joe Paterno thing. Yeah, he could have done more, but he did his job in reporting what he did. He should have done more, I should say. Let me be clear. Before the emails start <laughs> oh my rolling God. in, before <laughs> all 17 dogs that listen to our podcast and Deb, hi Deb, hi Deb. start emailing me about Joe Paterno, you know, subject line, Joe Paterno, bad man. I'm not defending Joe Paterno, but it always bothered me the way he went out because there's a system in place to protect people when these bad things happen and it didn't work at Penn state and it clearly didn't work in the NFL in this case. Right. Uh, so then the other issue is, you know, the NFL has its own investigators. They are not the police. Um, so apparently they, the NFL tried to talk to the girl that was the two girls that were the victims. They didn't return their calls. That's interesting, isn't it? Yep. Um, the other thing is that they asked the hotel for any security video. The hotel said, no, we're not giving that to you without the police and a warrant. And the NFL can't force them no. to give them the tape. Which brings me to the other failing party in this. Where is the goddamn Kansas, uh, Cleveland police? The Cleveland police. And there's body cam footage that, again, TMZ magically Magic. wished into existence <laughs> in which the, the alleged victim, I'm going to say alleged because no charges have formally been filed. The alleged victim says, I was assaulted, here's the guy's name, and I want to press charges. And then all of a sudden, nothing happens. It looks like the investigation was like less than what you would, like less than what McGruff the crime dog would have done on an average Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we don't know if she decided if she was drunk and dropped it later or whatever, but it is it is weird. It, the whole thing is strange, and, and it's the thing. Okay, so it dropped it later. Then why hasn't the Cleveland police come out and sat there and said, the victim chose not to press charges? You have a damning video out there right now that shows you didn't do your job, and you're not going to defend yourself? You have evidence to the contrary? If Craig right. beats my ass right now, and Lord knows there's a number of times he's wanted to, <laughs> and I go to the police and say, I want Craig arrested, and the next morning I say, no, I've changed my mind— if I called out the Bridgeport police six months later, I would get a phone call. They would immediately put out a press release saying, nope, here is the individual signing a document saying, I am not pressing charges. Right. They would cover their behinds. Where is the Cleveland police showing us that they did their damn job? Who did yeah. their job in this, play, this point? Who? Um, the video camera, that's about it. That's it. The security guy trying to keep Kareem Hunt from getting in trouble didn't stop him from getting in trouble. <laughs> Kareem Hunt didn't stop himself from getting in trouble. There's nope. a problem. The Cleveland police didn't do a thorough investigation. And the NFL seems to have looked at it and said, huh, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. No right. one, you know who did their job? The Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> That's it. They did. And they had the easiest job of all. They picked up a phone and went, um, hello, legal office. We may, we might have a problem. Kareem Hunt was possibly in an altercation. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> That's it. They had the easiest job of all. Granted, it, they didn't have a lot of liability here, but no one did their job. No. At least on the surface, no. that's how it appears. On the surface. But no one's come out. You know, really seriously, it's been almost a week. Right. It's been five full days since this video surfaced. Yep. It's been four full days since the body cam stuff surfaced. The Cleveland police wouldn't have put out a statement saying, nope, this isn't true. That is a little strange. And that is where we get <laughs> to Craig's ah. tinfoil hat. Because Craig now understands how all of this has come to pass. So Craig is going to explain to you, the listener, and me right now in our tinfoil hat theory why this happens now. Because my other question is, why did it take so long for this to come out? If the right, hotel this was, was, in, that was in February, February takes nine months. It's a little strange to me. So Craig's going to explain it to me now and yeah. I'm going to drink this beer. You so I'm that. just going to listen to Craig. So now let's, let's think about this. Let's go back to the beginning of the season before the season started. Mm -hmm. What do you think the odds were? I'll look them the, up that the chiefs are going to win the super bowl or even go to the super bowl. I'll look them up. So now let's think about that. Now let's fast forward to, Two weeks ago, the Chiefs are, what's their record? They have two losses in uh, off mm. week. They're 10-2. They're 10-2. Now, 
They're ten and two. Well, they're Part- ten and two now. They were nine and two right, at the right, time right, they released right. the tape. It's clearly, okay, so clear. as the season went on, they clearly became more and more favorite. I'm, I'm sorry, I yeah. am doing a complete. Um, I that is complete wrong. Right. This is week fourteen. Right. Last week was week thirteen. Correct. So they would have had yeah, no, ten and two. Ten and two. Sorry, I'm sorry, no. guys. Ten and two. I'm right. sorry to keep interrupting, Craig. So they're they're ten and two. Now, how many people do you think thought? At this point in February, the Chiefs would be ten and two. Not, Not a many. Hill, no. You didn't. No, I and didn't. You're a Chiefs fan. No, I didn't. Uh, Cream Hunt was a giant part of the reason why they are ten and two. He's a he's a it, good he's a factor in their success. Yeah, and he's been getting better, particularly from a fantasy fantasy perspective as the year has gone on. He he right. started off very slow. So now here's the thing. Clearly, people knew that this video existed. Clearly. Yes. Now, let's just say, what happens if, oh, you know, the Chiefs lose one of their star players? How does that affect the odds in Vegas? It would shift how does the that odds. Affect, how does that affect gambling in general? It would shift the odds considerably, no question. Right. So, who maybe, you know, maybe someone in the Cleveland Police Department, maybe someone in the hotel, maybe someone sitting in a giant office in Vegas mm-hmm. knew about this video, and they're like, you know what? I don't like the odds my hotel is taking right now. On the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, and we need to change that. I'm scrolling through right now to try and find the odds. They have them organized on a month bleacher report from August, right. and they've got them organized by team in order in a slideshow. So That's I have weird. to get to where they are. <laughs> That's a weird way to do it. <laughs> well, they and they do them in getting better. Ironically enough, there were like four teams with worse odds than the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> who had not won a game in two years at that point. So that's a little funny. But allow me so, to tell you what the odds are in terms of rank to other teams. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, there that's that's a big factor of my tinfoil hat theory. Like where did where where were the police? Where is this where are these two alleged victims? Hmm? Sounds really weird when you know these girls kind of show up at a party where they know Cream Hunt was, start a thing. So just just for the record, because I found the information. Yes. According to Bleacher Report, in August the Kansas City Chiefs were 33 to 1 odds to make the Super Bowl. Okay. And that puts them in 10th or 11th? 10th, I think. Okay. No, sorry, 11th of all NFL franchises. All right. So middle of the pack, I guess you got to say, but upper middle? Upper middle. Yeah, upper, upper middle, middle. You know, I mean, I would. All right, so, so teams that were ranked ahead of them, just really quick to get some perspective on it. Better odds for the Green Bay Packers, better odds for the Panthers. And this was in August. Yes. Better odds for the Falcons, Steelers, do one or two more, Jags, and Saints. You know, the, you know what would be... All right, wait, let's, let's finish the list. The Rams, <laughs> yeah, yeah. then the Vikings were three, the Patriots were two, and the top odds to go back to the Super Bowl was the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Were yep. they wrong? Yeah, they were They were eight to one odds in August. Wow. Eight to one. Wow. I am sorry if you put a nickel on that because <laughs> it's not going to happen. Hey, I, I did not think. pick them this year. To go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, all right. So anyway, back. So you're, you're postulating yeah. that people knew this video existed and they released it now to TMZ. Well, people in the hotel had to have known the existed because yes. they were there the night the police came. All right. Who owns the hotel? Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know the, what yeah, hotel. See? Um, but it, so this video knew was new to be existed. Yeah. The police didn't request it, but the NFL did. So now hotel management, even if they weren't there at that night, had to make a decision whether or not They're to release like, the video. No, you don't have a warrant. Screw right. You. But that, that, that conversation had to happen between the NFL and Correct. the hotel. Correct. So the workers there that night, anybody who was directly aware of the situation and hotel management, all were aware this video existed and sat on it for nine months, yep. refused to give it to the NFL. So you're postulating to me mm-hmm. that someone paid someone on the <laughs> inside yep. for this video to be quote unquote leaked to TMZ <clears throat> yep. in an effort to undermine yes. the Vegas betting. Yep. Because think the, about it. When you say it out loud, it makes sense. Because Vegas because the at 33 to 1. What are they like what were they like a month ago? I have no idea. I don't even know if they take Super Bowl bets at this point. And the they, I'm sure they do, <laughs> but it's got to be it's got to be somewhere around where the Eagles were, like eight to one. Yeah. It can't be any worse than ten, ten to one. Not then, not a week or two ago. 
So you're postulating that someone was cha- wanted to change the odds. Someone in Vegas. Or, so wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Someone in Vegas or someone who's like a betting uh, shark? One or the other. I so, mean, it could be either way. Because, I mean, TMZ does pay a lot for their their evidence that they get from not things filmed by, filmed by them. So. so the aliens. Yes. In conjunction with the reverse vampires. Mm-hmm. Oh my they god. They don't want the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Or they want them to go and lose, one or the other. That that's that's a pretty good hat. See? Thanks. That's See when you say it out loud, hat. it kind of makes sense. Just There's a saying. lot of things you could say out loud that, that make don't a make lot sense. Of sense. But <laughs> Okay, so on to my bit of this. Um I'm not I, I I'm not gonna say I've subscribed to Craig's theory. I will tell you this that if if he's right well, you admit though at least it's weird that it comes out now. Well, it's one of my problems with it. Why did it take nine months to come out? Um, I think a better theory is that someone inside the hotel got their grubby little hands on it, said to TMZ, I've got something, you can have it for a hundred grand and it'll make you a bunch of money because you're going to get a billion hits. And TMZ said, yeah, dude, that's what we do. Um, but yeah, someone's made a financial transaction out of this. There's no question about that in my mind. I am very disappointed. There was clearly a security type person in the video who initially tried restraining the woman and then tried restraining Kareem Hunt. What Kareem Hunt needs to do in that video is tell, because supposedly they were underage. They were only 19. He didn't want them in his apartment because he didn't want anything to go badly. And he was aware <laughs> of his image. Then what you do is you send your security out. You say, take those three women and escort them from the building. You go into your study. You put on some Bathroom, opera. whatever. <laughs> yeah, you put on some opera. You swirl your brandy and you sit in a smoking jacket until he comes back and says the job's done. You do not go into that hallway under any circumstances. My other problem with this is it is way too convenient in this day and age for people to show up at a place where they think there's a guy that they can take advantage of and cause trouble. Not saying that's what these people did. No one deserves to get their ass kicked like that. But there are people out there who are willing to do it for the attention and for the money. And part of what makes sense about your, your theory is why would the witnesses disappear? Why would yeah. suddenly everybody that night be like, we want to press charges, and then no one's answering the phone? Because somebody drove a dump truck full of money up to their house, <laughs> yep. looked at them through the window, and dropped the keys and walked away. That's why that kind of thing happens. And peop- there are unscrupulous people out there who know that these things happen. And I'm not going to say that's what happened in Kareem Hunt's case. But there are people out there. So Kareem Hunt needs to be way smarter than this. Yes. I don't care how young he is. He needs to be smarter. He's got people in place. He needs to be smart. How old is he? Oh, he's a rookie, isn't he? Or not no, a rookie, is, but he's like he's, he's under year? five years, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's definitely under five years. This might be a second or third year. So he needs to be smarter, and the NFL needs to do a better job. Cleveland PD need to do a better job. This was mishandled from the get go. Yes, absolutely from the get go. And you know what? I I I was I was on the I'm willing to give Cream Hunt a little bit of credence. I not that any of this was okay with me, but I was willing to say okay, he made a mistake. Maybe we need to get some counseling and need to get him get him rehabilitated. And then I saw the interview on ESPN. I did not watch that. The short, like I said before, the biggest part of it to me was that he said. Um, you know, she said, do you feel like you need counseling? I think Lisa Salters was the interviewer. And he was like, yeah, that's definitely something we're going to look into. He was talking future. We are going to. This was nine months ago. The only reason you're talking about counseling now, if you haven't engaged in it already, is because you know you got caught. Right. It's no different than a criminal who goes into the criminal justice system and then says to a judge, but I'm mentally ill. I'm going to start counseling. If you recognized you were mentally ill before this, you should have been counseling already. And I work in the mental health field. Okay. I know a lot of people who are in counseling, get get involved with the law and point back at their counseling and say, but I'm trying. But I also know a lot of people who wait until they're caught and then try to use as an excuse. And it sounded a lot like Kareem Hunt was saying, now that you know the tape exists, I'm going to consider counseling. Right. And that is not what you needed to do there. What you needed to do was be able to say to Lisa Salters, I've been in counseling since the whole thing happened. Exactly. You know, we, we I, I this is not new or news I to mean, me, and it didn't happen. 
It I didn't mean, happen. here's the lighter version my tinfoil hat. I mean, maybe Cream Hunt just, you know, signed a bunch of stuff and gave out tickets and no one... Though, just for that, I can't see this not, like, coming out sooner, so... I, yeah. That leaves more credence to my uh, the, the Vegas thing. The whole thing stinks on all sides of it. I got problems with the police. I got problems with the NFL. I've got clearly got problems with Kareem because if he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he behaves properly like a normal human being, none of this happens. I have problems with 19 year olds coming up to a penthouse where he's at and trying to party and then freaking out and dropping a racial slur when they're told they need to leave. Right. I they're the, they're both wrong. Everyone in this wrong. has screwed it up so badly that I cannot have any sympathy for any of you. Nope. You all get, deserve whatever you get out of this situation. And you know what we've gotten as fantasy owners? Yep. Screwed for something we had no involvement None. in. None. But DeMarcus Ware. But DeMarcus Ware? What, because he had DV stuff? Maybe. Screw that. <laughs> Screw that. There's... I, I just I don't know. The whole, the whole thing thing's a stupid. mess. And speaking of messes, we're going to transition because I've only spent 20 minutes on this, and we're supposed to be an hour-long podcast, and, I'm, wow. and we haven't even talked about games this weekend. <laughs> we have games still going on. And people got fired from Why their job. Why can't this happen in February? <laughs> you Why know, can't these things come out in March? That would have made everything easier. You know, I, I text Craig on Tuesdays in April and go, <laughs> what do you want to talk about tonight? <laughs> Craig's like, I don't know, drafts in a month. I guess we could talk about the draft. Do you know anything about the college players? Well, half of them haven't announced yet. I don't know. Okay. Because if this wasn't a big enough mess, we have Green Bay. Green Bay fired Mike McCarthy this this week. They did. I did not realize that the Packers are four and seven and one. They're bad. Um which again, my brother pointed out in the podcaster discussion. We have we have a podcasting discussion thread that goes on all week long. Let me tell you, it's got to be about seven or eight hundred messages this week. In the last like five <laughs> days, it has been constant. We've been talking to each other about these things. They fire Mike McCarthy. The only shocking thing was they fired him midseason. Much like they did to the Giants guy last year, the guy who looked like he knew Vinny from the block. If there was ever a more stereotypically looking Italian gentleman, I can't remember the dude's name. I'm not even going to, who's that guy him because he's not worth it. But the guy who coached the Giants last year, terrible. They fire McCarthy. They put Joe Philbin, who all he's done is not win. Um, and other stops. <laughs> they put Joe Philbin in charge. And today, Joe Philbin fired the associate head coach, Winston Moss. He says it has nothing to do with the tweet that Winston Moss put out there. But Winston Moss did tweet that the championship teams have accountability. And the, if the Packers want to be a championship team, they need somebody who will keep number 12 accountable. Craig. Yeah. Is this the fault of the coaches? Or is this the fault of number 12 on the Green Bay Packers, who, if you're not following their, home, is Aaron Rodgers? Their record? Like, their season? Yeah, in general. In general, I, I feel like it's it's both. I mean, Aaron has not. If you look back when from when he got hurt to when he came, you know, to when he came back officially, right? I just feel like he's not the same. I agree. And I know he broke his collarbone before, and this time it was the other one. But like when you get hurt, you know, no matter how you get hurt, like it's always like in the back of your head, like oh, if I if I fall wrong or if three of these guys hit me at once, it's gonna break again. Yeah. So I think that's in the back of his head all the time. And if you heard a momentary pause, it's because the cat walked into the studio just now and just flopped on the ground with a resounding thud, and it just <laughs> made us look like, what are you doing? It wasn't like a cat laying down. It was like a cat no. like throwing itself against the ground. Yeah, she's weird. She's yeah. a weird cat. Here's my issue. I think back to the great Greenback, Green Bay teams when they won Super Bowl. Don Majikowski. After the, after the Magic Man. <laughs> I think back to the teams like the Brett Favre teams and even the year that the Packers won the Super Bowl. They had depth at running back. I'm sorry, depth at wide receiver. And they had a semi-okay, somebody we can probably use running game. They've got Devontae Adams. They do. And that's it. They don't. No, I mean, they have um, Jones on the backfield, but he's not. But they don't utilize him. No. Willie, he didn't sniff the ball. He had a great first half last week and didn't sniff the ball in the second half and he was not on the injury report. Wasn't was just, just they weird. just decided they were gonna they were gonna force Jamal Williams down our throat. And we don't know why. 
We have no idea why. They just decided they were going to do it. Think back to those great teams. Think back to um, Donald Driver. Wow. And uh, Sterling Sharp was there, was he not? Why am I drawing a blank on that? Sterling Sharp was a great... He was probably the only decent tight end they've ever... The pass-catching tight end they've ever used. But Donald Driver... um, I'm trying to think of the wide receivers. There was always a decent number two. Who's the number two behind Adams? Randall Cobb is old. Randall Cobb is never is just just not the option anymore. No. Um, Scantling has not done the job. No, he hasn't. You know, I mean, there is the years that they won, the years that they were good. There was more than one passing attack option, and there isn't the sheer in Green Bay, and their run game is way (coughs) too inconsistent. um, And Geronimo got hurt. Geronimo and Geronimo Allison is nothing but a big play guy. He is Ted Ginn version 2.0. He is. <laughs> wow. He is never going to be a number one or a number really? two. He's the guy you write. You put two pack plays into the packages for him, and you say streak down the field. And if you're open, I will get you the ball. Um. Yeah. And then you know, honestly, I thought Jimmy Graham was going to have a much bigger year with him being in Green Bay. Green Bay has never utilized the tight end. Not in the Rodgers era. Nope. Antonio Freeman. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And when Freeman was on his way down, Driver was on his way up. When Driver was going out, Randall Cobb was on the way up. When Randall Cobb was supposed to be the number one, here comes Devontae Adams. There's always been a second guy. Right. There isn't a second guy. Just doesn't exist. Nope. That's just, that's maddening. That's maddening. Okay, so I'm not, I'm fine with the firing of McCarthy. I'm not fine with the firing of Moss. Joe Philbin is in no position to tell anybody what they have to do to win. No, I just think since he got fired, I think everyone's job is on the line now. Yes. And they just use that tweet as an excuse to get rid so of him. So here's the question before we get it, because we are actually going to talk about week Football 14 eventually. <laughs> Does what happened? Does the criticism of Aaron Rodgers, because Cinch has been very vocal with us. Yes, he That was. he holds Aaron Rodgers responsible for all of this. Does that really, is Aaron Rodgers really the reason that Mike McCarthy got fired? Does he now react and say, I have to play like a wildfire on week 14 because Um, of the responsibility? I'm not sure. I think, I think football is so ingrained into Green Bay and they feel like they are football and Green Bay exists because of football. Yeah. I think it has to do more with their record. And you're going to fire the coach before you, you know, sit a quarterback or cut them. This is the first time in the Rodgers era that they have not made the season in back-to-backs, made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. Really? The first time in his career. Wow, well, that's saying something. That's a lot. I think it has a lot to do with the injury, but I really don't know why they're not using their running backs. It, like, I, don't know what, I don't know what changed. I, and I said, I said this since today. I said, and I, I made a bet that I may have to pay off next week on this podcast. Fair. If Aaron Rodgers does not come out this week and set the world on fire, if he toss out a dud, 20 for 39 for 197 yards and one touchdown or I mean, one they're pick. Pl- they're playing Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta. This is a perfect game for you to make a statement as a quarterback and say, this is not my fault. 4-7-1 and one is not my fault. They're at home in December where before last week they were 16 and 1 during Rodgers' career. Yep. In December in Lambeau, 16 and 1. You know who else was 16 and 1? The New England Patriots once upon a time, <laughs> and they're considered one of the greatest teams in history and most definitely the greatest team to never win a Super Bowl. 16 and 1 is not something you you snarf at. So, he needs to come out this week and set the world on fire and it's Atlanta. He- and it's Atlanta. He needs to come out this week and set the world on fire, or he deserves every ounce of criticism he's going to get. And he's going to get it from me because I have put my mouth on the line here. Dude, what's the bet? If, well, do we really want to ruin it for the listeners? All right. All right. Let's just say you're going to hear some uncharacteristically kind statements <laughs> about a particular New England player <laughs> where I have agreed to read every positive stat that that New England player has ever accumulated. <laughs> On the air, if Rodgers does not score at least 25 fantasy points. 25 fantasy points 25. is the line. And All you know right. what I've got him slated for? What? 24.9. <laughs> That's awesome. But that translates. Did, did we miss anything news-wise? I mean, there's other injuries. Emmanuel um, Sanders might be done for the year, but yeah. who cares? Everyone's, oh, uh, you know, um, what's the other quarterback broke his leg in Washington? Oh, Colt McCoy. Yeah. 
Well, which we're going to get to when we get to the metric. Yeah. I'm t- oh. <laughs> I, uh, Everyone's broken, folks. It's December in the NFL, and my cat is insane. Your cat is, is obsessed with opening the door to the bedroom. There's no one in there. But she smells something that makes her think there is. And now she's looking that at us like, so what? Weird. Cat, you are uh. insane. All right. <laughs> it's time to play America's favorite game. Woo! I have it in front of me, and I took it up a notch this week. Did you? I'm not going to make you guess this, but I actually did the math in advance oh. for the presumed outcomes. Oh, okay. And that so when we talk about like what teams are going to score a lot of points outside of just the over-under, I will be able to tell you the teams that are high. All right. All right. On my list. I've got four teams with over four matchups out of 16 with over unders of 50 plus Craig. You have three strikes tell and every, every game's in play. I've gave Craig, every Craig game a list. Is in play. Every game has an over under Craig. Tell me who is an over under of 50 or more 50 or more. Um, New Orleans and Tampa is the highest of the week at 55 and a half. I want to talk about that for a second. Yeah. New Orleans is an eight point favorite. And thank you again to bleacher report for giving us this information. That gives me a, a, an eight points, and again, I round off the points because I hate dealing with the half points. That means a final score of New Orleans 32, Tampa Bay 24. Does that sound like a realistic final score to you? I think it could be you? higher. <laughs> I don't think Tampa's going to get 24, though. No. I think New Orleans is going to be pissed coming off last week, and they could yeah, drop 40. Yeah, that, that sucked for me because I lost our um, home league by a point. And that cushed your playoff spot, didn't it? I believe so. I think you got one more week, but I don't, I think I don't know. know. Are you two games uh, out or one game out? I don't know. I've won three games in the home league this week because I drafted Leonard Fournette and Delvin Cook. A point. So, one point. One point. So, all right. So, there. So I, I'm going to take, I'm looking at the under. If I'm a betting man, I'm taking really? the under in New Orleans, Tampa. I don't think they're going to get to 56 points. All right. And you said there, how many games? There's four? Yes. Over. Four in the overs. All right. So, New Orleans, Tampa Bay is the first. Let's go. After last week, uh, let's go Rams-Chicago. That's correct. That is an over-under of 52. The Rams are only three-point favorites because it's in Chicago, which gives you an implied total of 28 to 25. What do you Mm. think about that? Mm, I would say possibly only because Chicago's at home. Is Sean alive? I don't think. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I spoke with Sean Monday night because the Bears lost. And he said this, I saw more Bears jerseys than Giants jerseys. Wow. And they were in New York. And they were in New York. So Sean sat in shivering in the rain. He (laughs) was happy when he left because his wife was happy and their kid was happy. And he got to see his team. And in the back of his mind, he didn't admit this, but I'm putting the words in his mouth. In the back of his mind, he knew I'm going to the playoffs and they're not. So (laughs) I think that's what got him through. Um, I think he also he also said to me, I think it would be a very different game if Trubisky had played. Probably. So, but can you see? I I see twenty. I see an over under of fifty two is very possible going over, but I don't see the Bears scoring twenty five. Mm. I just don't see it. Well, maybe you need the Rams. To I score mean, after last week, I don't know. Yeah. All right. So you're two for two. I got two more uh, games on my list. Talk right. to me. Let's go. That's a Sunday night game, by the way. Oh, is it? Yes. Rams at Chicago is a Sunday night game. That should be good to watch. Wow. Let's look at that. Wow, man. Those things are a little rough. Uh, Let's go Indy Houston. No. Hell, that's that's way under, isn't it? 49 and a half. You missed by a half a point. By the way, implied total there is Indianapolis 28, Houston 23. I think both of those teams could beat that. I would absolutely be taking the over in the Indy Houston game. All right. So now, strike one. Let's go because of their defenses. Both suck. We'll say Atlanta Green Bay. Atlanta Green Bay. Where are you on my list? No. Another oh. one. 49 and oh, a half. Oh, come on. <laughs> Implied total there. 27-22. Definitely possible. I think it could go over. The fact that that's at Green Bay is keeping the number down. I would not touch that game over under. Green Bay is a five and a half point favorite. I think I actually would take Atlanta getting the five and a half points because I think it's going to be a close game. That's two strikes. That's two strikes. Damn. And two more to guess. All right. Let's see. Let's go. You know what? Because, well, their defense sucks. Uh, Let's say Cincinnati and the Chargers. Strike three. Cincy Chargers, 47 and a half. And here's the thing. And you're not going to like this, Brandon. Oh, I know. The Chargers are 14-point favorites, which means they your are. implied total is 31-17. That's very feasible. 
Yeah, I think that's I would not touch that over under either because I think that could be very realistic. All right, games you missed. All right. Baltimore, Kansas City. Really? Over under a 53. Really? Kansas City's defense was really bad last week against the Raiders. It looked like they completely regressed. They made David Carr look good again. So there's one. Uh, you got New Orleans, Tampa. Ready for this one? Yeah. Pittsburgh at Oakland. Really? Because Pittsburgh is coming off a smarting loss, they need a big win. Oakland put up 30 points against the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. Vegas has them at 51 and a half. I am absolutely freaking taking the under in that game. They will not get to 50 points. I'm going to call that 30-14 at best. But the implied total is 31-20. I don't think Oakland puts 20 points up on Pittsburgh. No. I don't. So so here's what I did. All right. All right so no, we got, oh, I'm sorry. We got to do the, the unders. Right. All right, so there are three matches with unders of 40 and a half or less. 40 and a half So these are under 41. Wow. Um, Three strikes on the clock. Go. uh, Jets, Buffalo. That's correct. 38 and a half. (laughs) The implied total there is Jets, 21, Buffalo, 17, which I completely see happening, although I would reverse those numbers. I have Buffalo winning that game outright. Okay. Oh, wait, no, that's right. 21, 17, Buffalo. That would be the outcome. My apologies. Yes. But Buffalo is favored by about three and a half points. Uh, Giants, Washington. Uh, no, that is a 41. Uh, and I've got that at 22, 19 Giants. I think that is going to be an absolutely defensive affair. I like both defenses in this. Um, so, no, I'm going to take the under there, Man. too. So that's strike one. Uh, Detroit, Arizona. Detroit versus Arizona is correct. At number two, they are 40 and a half. 21 to 19. Uh, is the implied total in favor of Detroit. I'm actually taking Arizona. I will take Arizona at home getting two and a half after shocking Green Bay because Detroit might be the only team in the NFC I think is decidedly worse than <laughs> really? the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, everyone ever thought like two Matt words. Stafford was going to be good this year? Two words. When you got two bad teams together like this, David Johnson, who has crept into the top 10, I want to make a note of this. David Johnson is not RB1 in a PPR right now. Let me say that again for all of you at home. David Johnson is not the RB1 in fantasy football right now. He is number 10. We ranked him at four and got so much shit. That's right. So so there. There. That's all I got to say. The end. Period. End of paragraph. <laughs> All right. So moving right. on. I like your, I actually like Arizona there. Yeah, one more, right? Yeah, who'd you say so far? You said Jets Buffalo. Uh, Jets Buffalo, Detroit, Arizona. Okay, there's one more. There's one more. Uh let's see. Jacksonville, Tennessee. That's correct. This I'm entitling this the game that no one wants to use any players from. The implied total is 21-17 Tennessee. I think that honestly, are you ready for this? I'm gonna say this game's ten to three. I, I can see that. Do you like anybody in this matchup? Oh god! I don't even no. like the defenses in this matchup because no. I, if I'm wrong, this could become forty-one forty and quite easily, s- and still no one would care. No, no one would care. Cody Kessler goes out there and goes. One for 10 with three interceptions. We reintroduce the world to Blake Bortles, who comes out and goes 19 for 45 for 120, one touchdown, four picks. It's possible. No one cares about this from a fantasy perspective. No one. No. No. Okay. All right. All right. So now what I did. What did you do? I Using the implied totals of Vegas, which if you don't know what implied totals is, you take the over-under, because that's the total points that Vegas thinks is going to be scored in the game, and you factor out the number based on the spread. So if the over-under is 30, and the uh, one team is favored by 10, then mathematically, that's a 20-10 to 10 final, because it's a 10-point difference, and it's a total of 30 points. So by using that, you can identify teams that are supposedly going to score a lot of points, and it is taking it beyond the over-unders. Right. So that's what I did. So here are, there are four teams with targets over 30 based on the over-unders. Okay. They are Kansas City, mm-hmm. New Orleans, mm-hmm. the Chargers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. No shockers there, but those in theory should be where you should be looking for players if you're on the fence. I'm not sure that Kansas City versus 
uh, Baltimore is going to be that high scoring. Right. I have not had a chance to look at it, but I've heard two different pundits today. I was driving a lot today. Long day at work. I just did a lot of driving. But when I do a lot of driving, I listen to a lot of serious. Two different pundits today say Baltimore is all about controlling the clock since they went to Lamar Jackson. You don't they, think he's going to rush for 200 yards against Kansas City? He may, but if he does, he's going to chew up more than half of the clock doing it. They have been chewing clock in their last two or three games. So, and that's not Pat Mahomes' strength. Pat Mahomes is get me on the field. I will score in under 30 seconds. If you watched the Oakland game last week, they turned a uh, a field goal opportunity into a touchdown because of one penalty in the last minute of the half. They were they were saying, eh, if we can get 30 or 40 yards on a couple quick hits, we might be able to kick a field goal here. And nope, it turned into a touchdown. So you've, you've got to be careful with those things. So conversely, there are people to avoid. These are people under 20 in their implied score. Jacksonville, told you I'm not touching that game. Uh, Washington, nope, no interest in Washington. The Jets, I might trust, I might touch Chris Herndon because I've been on that train for a while. And let's be honest, they're throwing at him seven or eight times a game. So uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, sorry, Craig, the Bengals are bad. And then last, last but not least, Arizona. So those are the guys I'm avoiding, all told. So with that in mind, we shift to the metric. Dun, dun, dun. I've told you teams to watch. I've told you teams to avoid. Uh, and now we'll see if my metric agrees with me. <laughs> this week, the metric was very interesting. <laughs> oh. uh, Craig is already laughing because <laughs> he just pulled up the quarterback Ooh. metrics. Craig has developed a habit of waiting to look at the metric <laughs> until we're live because <laughs> it's just funnier for him uh. that way. There were a lot of value plays, the metric. And last week, I just want to be clear on this. Last week, value plays that were chalky were really good in the metric. Like Lamar Miller, uh, Zeke Elliott. Uh, who else was chalky that we used a lot? We didn't use McCaffrey a lot. Barkley, I think. Barkley. Barkley was big last week. So, you know, a lot of our, our stretch plays and quarterback was brutal last week. In week 13, quarterback position was brutal. A, a yes. lot of people underperformed. So I'm not going to slight myself on that. Wide receiver was eh, average at best, but uh, we did pretty well at running back and tight end. And that's how we won money. I definitely came out a plus on DK. I was very happy with that. So, all right, quarterback. I have eight quarterbacks that are the potential for four X or more. This isn't three X. This, this is four X territory. And the number one name on the list. And again, this is not my endorsement. I'm just saying they're <laughs> on the list. I like this as a potential play, but I think a lot of people are going to be on it is Mark Sanchez. Because he's only 4K. And the Giants are terrible against the pass. Terrible against the pass. So I, I think there's a potential. At 4K, he needs 16 points to get to 4X. Right. If he gets to 20, he's at 5X. He could do that or he could score 10 points. I don't know. Marcus Mariota is next on my list, but I told you I don't like that Jacksonville-Tennessee game, so I will not be using him. Nick Mullins is next on my list. I don't like that game either because I don't like, I like the Denver defense getting better. Mitchell Trubisky is next on my list. If he plays, I like him a great deal and he is a chalkier option. Carson Wentz is on my list because I think that Dallas game is going to be a shootout. What was the Philly Dallas over under? Did we discuss that game? Uh, no, we didn't. It, it must not have been notable. Uh, Philly Dallas is an over under of 43. I think they're going to clear that easy. I think that's going to be a 35, 30 final easy. Uh, Matt Ryan, because Green Bay stinks, but it's in Green Bay, so I am fading that. And it's outside. That. And it's outside, so I'm fading that. Uh, Kirk Cousins. He's playing <laughs> Seattle. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of that. And then the last name on the list is Ryan Tannehill. You're going to have to pass a lot against New England. That's the only thing, so it's a volume play. So if i got to pick one of these, Sanchez, Mariota, Mullins, Trubisky, Wentz, Ryan, Cousins, or Tannehill, I'm going with Trubisky. Craig, who do you like on the list? Now, is Trubisky playing? Is he no longer injured? I have not looked to see if there's an update, but as of right now, the, the sources I look at have him ranked. Uh, you know, just by looking at the top list, and as silly as it sounds, I would go with Sanchez because because he's 4K. Like you're, you can so, you can save so much by starting him and and you know spend up here's, elsewhere. Here's the conundrum with 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 Sanchez. He's not a good cash play because no one knows what his reliability factor is. Right. Nobody has any idea what he's going to do. 
He's not a good tournament play because you're right at 4K. That gives you a ton of flexibility. And in tournaments, it's all about picking people who aren't going to be picked. So he's going to be, he's not trustable in cash, but he's not rosterable in tournaments because of his ownership level. He's probably going to be across big tournaments. I'm going to guess 20 to 30% owned. That's too high. You need single digit percentage ownerships. If you think Sanchez is going to be 6% owned in a tournament, Craig is absolutely right. I think he's going to be better owned than that, and that scares the crap out of me. So, yes, Craig and I have already discussed this. We are going to put together a tournament lineup at some point this week, and we are just going to chuck metric people into it. (laughs) And it's either going to score 210 points or 21 points. (laughs) Yes. So we're either going to have a wedding or a hanging. But either way, we're going to have a lot of fun, huh? We'll see what happens. Uh, That's a good movie. Yeah, it was a great movie. So I'm going to go with Trubisky. So Craig likes Sanchez. I'm going to go with Trubisky. Running back. I have eight names (laughs) in the 3X. (laughs) The number one name. And again, we're talking about about far-out tournament plays. Jeff Wilson. He is now... Well, Matt Breida is eternally hurt. And I didn't know who Jeff Wilson was either. (laughs) I had to look him up today. When I, somebody said his name on the radio, and I went, who the hell is that? So when I got to a computer, I looked up Jeff Wilson. And he's a running back for San Francisco, catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. Or at least he has last week, and he's only got like two weeks of game logs. So the metric has him at 14 to 16 points. He's only 3,800. That puts him in the value indicator. I'm not a big on him. The next name is Isaiah Crowell. If I had a nickel for every time the metric has told me to use Isaiah Crowell or Elijah McGuire, I could retire and not have to do DFS anymore. (laughs) Uh, The next name is Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels is fascinating to me. He is technically the backup for Connor, and Connor is hurt. Who is not playing this week. I want everyone, if you're still alive and season long, I want you to look at your computers, and I want you to look at Jalen Samuels. I know in at least Yahoo and possibly more because he was originally listed as a tight end. He's eligible at tight end. Really? If Jalen Samuels, he's, he is not a tight end in, in DraftKings. If Jalen Samuels in your season long is eligible at tight end, you must put him at tight end. He is going to score 12 points, at least 12 points, and I think that's that's huge for a tight end. The next name on my list is Justin Jackson. Um, who is Justin Jackson? I have no idea. Sure. Yeah. But the next name on my list is the name. uh, So the next three names are the names I'm looking at. Zeke at 8,600. I've got him slated for about 27 to 30 points. Wow. Why? Because he's at home. And since like the last three home games, I'm sorry, last five home games, Zeke has only been under 20 points at home once. Once. And all season long, he's only been under 20 points at home twice. And now all of a sudden, because of the Washington loss last week, they are back in the discussion. And if they want to be back in the discussion, they have to win at home against Philly. So I have Zeke High. The next name is my eternal nemesis, Lamar Miller. <laughs> um, Ever since you let him go, man. His he's been just fan-freaking-tastic. So you just Fantastic. had to let fly free. And every week, I look at the Lamar Miller matchup, and I go, yeah, he's gonna, he's got the potential and for 20 points. This week? They're playing at home against Indy. Oh. So I've got him at 16 points, which gives him value. And Dalvin Cook is the next one. Seattle gives up a ton of points to the running backs, particularly ones who can catch passes. I don't have a lot of faith in Cook, but I have more faith in Cook than I do the last name on my list, which is Kenyon Drake. Remember him? Yes. Last week, I embraced Frank Gore, and Frank Gore got like eight points. The first (laughs) time since week three, Kenyon Drake outtouched Frank Gore. Wow, really? I'm sorry, in rush attempts. Rush attempts. I just can't say out. I didn't look at passing attempts. But for the first time, he had more snaps, and that's happened before. But Frank Gore had fewer rushes, rushing attempts, than to Kenyon Drake. So now Drake is everybody's big on Drake. So I've got Wilson, Crowell, Samuels, Jackson, Elliott. Samuels, Jackson. Samuels, Jackson? (laughs) That's... That's I freaky. Would, I would start him just based on the name. I think we might have to put them in a tournament lineup. There's our Mark Sanchez tournament lineup. And now we have like... Wait a minute. So we're going to make a tournament lineup. And then if you don't hear from us ever again... We're on an we island just, somewhere. We just won the $12 million tournament. We're on an island somewhere with Samuel L. Jackson because we used a lineup combination called Samuel's Jackson. And we paid him to come hang out with us for a day. Can you uh, imagine that? Imagine awesome. that? You're going to pay me how much to sit and drink beer with you for guys for like four hours? Hell yeah, I'll fly wherever the hell you are. All right, anyway. Simmels, Jackson, Elliot, Miller, Cook, and Drake. 
I love Zeke this week. I like Miller yep. and Cook. Who do you like on this list? Um, I think I like Zeke and Miller on this list out of these two. And and uh, Cook. And they're the chalkier. But yeah. Cook Again, is if more... you say if you start Sanchez, he's got a, a lot of room. So Miller's fifty one hundred. Right. Cook is fifty eight hundred. How is Dalvin Cook more expensive than Lamar Miller at this point in the season? Um, How? I don't know. And Dalvin Cook's been broken. He's terrible. He's terrible. I'll tell you right now, he's terrible. <laughs> oh. All right, moving on to the wideouts, because believe it or not, we're over time already. Wow. All right, I've got three wideouts at value. Do what you will with them. Bruce Ellington, who is eternally at value because there's no one else to catch the ball in Detroit. So the only question is, how many passes is Matt Stafford going to actually complete this week? I don't know. The question is, where is Matt Stafford going to go next year? <laughs> right. Antonio Callaway from Cleveland, because... You can't rely on Jarvis Landry more than one week in a row, and he was good last week. The third name is my. Oh, the third one's the one I'm going with. Guy that haunts me this year, Demarius Thomas. But I did these uh, numbers before uh, the news broke today. Oh no, that's that's. Oh, I still got it in my head. I corrected you earlier today that he's not in Denver anymore. It's, see, it's burned into your brain that he's in Denver. Yes, <laughs> I think um, Indy gives up a lot of passing yards. And he's cheap at 4,100. So I am absolutely using Demarius Thomas. So uh, who yeah. do you like? Ellington, Callaway, Thomas? Are any of them usable for you? Uh, I would say Thomas. And then another name on the list we have here that's a little bit further down is Adam Humphreys. He's just not in the value range, which is why I didn't mention him. Right. But right, right, right above him is Zay Jones. Is he the real deal? Like, is he their only receiver now that literally Cal- the well, actually, there's a little, cut? There's a little bit little news that yeah. Benjamin was cut. Yeah. So can we officially say that Benjamin and Funches are not number one receivers? I, I was they ready should, to say that a year ago. They should just stay as number two receivers. I was ready to say that a year ago. It's important to have a number two receiver. It really is. You know what? You know where Kelvin Benjamin could go and have an immediate impact? The Chiefs. No. No, we've, we are so deep at wideout. <laughs> so Sam, the, Sammy Watkins is like, hey, my foot's bothering. Chris Conley's like, hold my beer. So <laughs> I, no. What about Dallas? Yeah. What about Dallas? That would compliment uh, Amari Cooper on one well. side. Cole Beasley. I mean, Cole Beasley can't catch right. a cold. I, I, he does I, have a rap album. We'll move on from there. <laughs> tight ends. I actually, for the first time in like weeks, have value plays at tight ends that matter. I got Trey Burton up there. I think he's going to have a, a bounce back game. And the Rams are a decent defense, but they are bad against tight ends. Yeah, the Rams' defense is not what everyone thought it was going to be in August. They're like a top five tight ends if you rank them by team defenses. And look at DraftKings. If you look at Trey Burton, you'll see that they put the number next to them, the offensive rank. They're like 30th in the league against tight ends. Yeah. They're How? So Trey Burton's an option. If you want to go cheap, let me tell you about a little friend of mine <laughs> named Chris Herndon. <laughs> this is what Chris Herndon does every single week. He catches five balls. On 27 targets <laughs> for a touchdown and 30 one, some odd yards. One touchdown. One touchdown. But those five for 30 and a touch on 27 targets <laughs> is worth 14 points. And he's only 3,000. At 14, he's 4X. I have him pegged for 10 points. So he's usable. If you're not, and if you can spend up this week, spend up. I've got Kelsey at 18 points. Yeah, and he's sixty seven hundred. Yep, I've got Ertz at fifteen. I, I think I think Ertz if that game does become a shootout. That Philly Dallas game, Ertz is definitely usable. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm gonna well, spend your buddy N- David Njoku is way on the bottom or mid tier. I am so done with David Njoku. <laughs> You're over the done. Njoku. Done. I'm done with. I'm not done with Zach uh, Austin Hooper, but he's on the road, so I only have him at ten points. But I mean, I've got guys like Eric Ebron and George Kittle ranked higher. Um, I've got Jimmy Graham ranked higher. I've got Jordan Reed ranked higher. I've got some guy named Rhett Ellison. I don't even know who that is. I've got him ranked higher. So I, no, I've, I no, no, I'm, I'm pretty done with David and Joku. I gave him a lot of love in the preseason. He did. And you know, um, he stabbed me in the back. He, 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 I don't know. Kiss of death. So he broke my heart for it. Oh, <laughs> all right. Defenses. I've got five of them in the value range. Um, I've got the oh, Bears that high against the Rams, huh? Because there's the, it's going to be turnover prone. The bit this this Bear team likes to take passes away. Golf has not really been challenged, in my personal opinion, by a takeaway defense. No, just that Chiefs game where 
It was like 58 to 52. Yes. <laughs> and because it is the Rams, the Bears are down to 2,200. They're under 3,000 for the first time in a long time. Well, or at least down the That's true. They're always one of the top three highest um, salary defenses. So the next value play I have is the Packers because they're only 2,100 and they're playing Atlanta. The next value play is really? the Browns because they're playing Carolina wow. and they're only 2,200. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. The, the Browns. Browns are $100 more expensive than the Packers on DraftKings right now. That is what we've come to in Green Bay. Uh, I've got the wow. Ravens because the Chief, because the Ravens are, again, being a ball control team, the Chiefs might have to take some risks. Uh, and I've got the Saints because you never know who the quarterback is going to be moment to moment. Um, so it's going to change. So Bears, yeah. Packers, Browns, Ravens, Saints. You like any of these guys? Um, with the Bears being that low in salary, I like the Bears. I'm actually liking the Packers because I think Atlanta is, is really bad, and it's outside and in it's Green cold. Bay. I love it. Now it is completely illegal for us to assemble a lineup on the air. Yes. So I'm not going to assign up a lineup on the air, but I can tell you right now, this is a week to absolutely pay down at quarterback. Maybe one running back spot, maybe one or two wide receiver spots, and then go chalk other spots. Right. Uh, and now Zeke is a value chalk play, so I'm using Zeke in a lot of formats. But you can be very flexible this week because there's a lot of value out there. Unlike the last couple of weeks where you had to, the last couple of weeks, I've advocated stacks and stacks and stacks. I don't have a stack to advocate this week. I don't because there's so much value spread out that there is no way for me to say. I, I, I lean towards a Houston stack, and then I looked and yeah. saw Deshaun Watson. They're, they're good against the pass. You know, I mean, um, what was I talking about? There's a oh, there's always a Denver stack against, against San Francisco. Oh, Indy. Indy is good against wide receivers. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Indy's... <sighs> sorry. Indy Take is two. bad against wide receivers, but good against quarterbacks. You, you, the way that works is that a wideout or two can have really big games for against them, but the, typically speaking, the quarterbacks only isolate one or two. So I've advocated for Demarius Thomas, but I wouldn't advocate for DeAndre Hopkins now because Watson's going to get all of his yards. If he has 200 yards passing, 150 of it's going to go to one guy. So it's difficult to say I'm going to use Deshaun Watson, and Demarius Thomas with 150 yards can have a tremendous fantasy day where 200 yards for Deshaun Watson is crap. Right. So... I'm not advocating stacks. The Denver stack is interesting to me because Philip Lindsay is good, but Philip Lindsay is priced way up. Uh, Case Keenum, where is he on my value list? He's 5,200, and I have him pegged for 20 points. He's usable, but I would not focus there. Or would you do a, a uh, charger stack? You're not going to be able to afford a decent charger stack. Eckler's price is up. Uh, what do you use? Keenan Allen, his price is up. And you're not going to get Philip Rivers on the cheap. No, Philip yeah, Rivers is uh, pricey. So, again, so the teams you want to stack are the teams that are going to score 30 or more points. Can you afford, without doing the math really quick, because we are way over time. Good thing it's the beginning of the month. <laughs> Can you afford a Kansas City stack? The answer is no, under no circumstances. A New Orleans stack? I don't want to use yeah. Michael Thomas. I'm not confident in the New Orleans stack right now. It would be Breeze and Kamara and Maybe who? Ingram. You, you want to use both want running backs? You're going to put one in the flex? Yeah, You're maybe. You're going to have to. I'm not liking that either. The Chargers. I can't afford Rivers, and I don't have faith in Eckler right now. Um, I like Rivers, but I don't like Rivers plus Eckler plus Allen. I don't like it. And then last one's Pittsburgh. I have no faith in the Pittsburgh Steelers offense right now. We have no idea what we're going to get with James Conner out. I can't stack there. Do I think Ben may have a big game? Yes, but he's pricey. Do I think Antonio Brown could have a big game? Yes, but he's pricey. I can't stack there. To make these stacks work, one of the guys has to be value. Denver could work because Keenum, what did I say Keenum was? Um, Hold on. Sutton is 4,500, which is mid-range. Keenum's 5,200, and Philip Lindsay is priced up. Yeah, he's Lindsay's like at seven. 63. Oh, okay. So right there, that's about fifteen grand, maybe closer to twenty. I'm not doing math really great because I'm rushing. That's, that's usable. Half your that's usable, but Vegas is here to tell you that <laughs> they think the Denver Broncos are only going to score twenty five points. Can you rely on a fantasy stack of three people where they're not going to score at least four touchdowns? No, 
This is one of those weeks that you have to look at the under-overs and just pick and choose. And you have to play to strengths. I am going to, for the first time in over a month, I am going to advocate against stacks. I am not, I might pair up one or two people. I might put Trubisky and Burton into a lineup, but I'm not putting Allen Robinson in there. I'm not putting Howard or Cohen in there. I haven't burned so much by Jordan Howard. I am done with Jordan Howard. And I know I say that a lot. You do. I do. Are I you say over Tree Cohen? See, the thing is, Tariq Cohen's fantastic or he just does nothing. It, it's And it's not a bad thing. It's not a Cohen thing. It's utilization. Yeah. It's utilization. He either gets 80% of the pass attempts out of the backfield or he gets 10% of the pass attempts out of the backfield. I, last week, every time I turned around, they were dumping the ball off to Tariq Cohen. But with Trubisky coming back, is that what they're going to do? Uh, that's a good question. I have Don't no idea. Know. You know what is a better question? Because we yeah. are way over time. Sure. Final thoughts, Craig. Wow. Final thoughts is, um, action packed episode. (laughs) It is. Um, yeah. So just think about my tinfoil hat theory. That's really all, you know, just think about it. Truth is out there. Okay. My final thought (laughs) is just, if you are in a season, if you're in a season long and you've reached the point where you're out of the playoffs, Uh, there's always DFS to start looking at now. If you've never tried it, right. If you are a DFS player and you're in the playoffs or you're just in the playoffs, Keep in mind this. There's a lot of players out there who are still football hungry. Every year, from what I understand, I I don't have firm numbers to back this up, but every year, from what I understand, the last four weeks of the season, DFS spending increases. And that's attributed mainly to folks losing in their season long and wanting to do something. Right. (laughs) Be cautious on the pools you get into this weekend because there are going to be more betters and bigger pools mean more idiots who stumble upon a perfect lineup and ruin all of your work. My advice to you this week and my final thought is focus on single entry pools. Last week, I cashed in every single single entry pool I entered. Every single one. I had lineups that scored 155 points and cashed with ease in single entry. The same lineup in the same dollar amount in a general population pool, missed the pay line by 15 spots. Go single entry. Avoid the idiots who put out 25 yep. lineups at a dollar each and stumble on greatness. All right. Very and you true. can still play while these idiots play. You got to worry about the sharks. You got to worry about the whales. And now you got to worry about the gigantic seagull flock that's (laughs) flying south because the weather's turning colder and they're looking for something to do. So my advice to you is go single entry this week and, and, and play smaller pools. Maybe don't, maybe you don't want to go into that millionaire maker. Maybe you want to do a three, five or $10 tournament. Research has shown this. The millionaire maker pays out less at pay lines than the same pay line in smaller tournaments or tournaments that are not millionaire makers. Jeff Manns did a whole thing on this about a week or two ago about DraftKings pay lines. That 175 on a $20 bet made you something like $3,000 in a millionaire maker. The same score in a same $20 tournament that was not a millionaire maker made something like $17,000 because people pour into those easy tournaments. So be aware be the smarter fantasy dfs player this week and put yourself in single entry tournaments single entry cash games and avoid the flashy lights that's it that's it i've been talking for over an hour you have i am exhausted the beer is empty i am blake bortles (laughs) i'm craig and we are the football fig nuts podcast